Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio, for woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now here are three guys that are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt and Shannon. It's episode 92 for February 22nd, 2012. On today's show, we're going to talk about the latest woodworking show news, a crazy kickback video, and Highland Woodworking's new show, The Highland Woodworker. It is called The Highland Woodworker, and if you've ever seen it, you can't get out of that video without knowing that it's something about Highland Woodworking or The Highland Woodworker. Right, guys? I was waiting for them to break into like the Dr. Pepper song, like, I'm a Highland Woodworker, you're a Highland Woodworker, wouldn't you like to be a Highland Woodworker too? (laughs) I think we all do, actually. So before we get into that, Matt, why don't you give them our contact info? Okay, as always, there are a few different ways you can get a hold of us. If you ever have a comment, question, or a suggestion about something you've heard in today's show or maybe something you'd like to hear on an upcoming episode, email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or, of course, call and leave us a voicemail at 623-242-5180. You can Skype us at woodtalkonline or you can even check out our individual sites at thewoodwhisperer.com, renaissancewoodworker.com, and mattsbasementworkshop.com. And especially stop on over at the forum at woodtalkonline.com. It's totally free, uh, guaranteed at least maybe one, if not two of the three of us are there. The three of us cannot be there together. There are some crazy laws of physics and uh, I don't know, something with the Supreme Court. I can't explain it, <laughs> but there is something in there with that. But uh, with all that said, I, of course, we're going to remind you at the end of the show, all these things to get away, get a hold of us because I'm sure by the end we'll have said something that's going to make you want to like leave some sort of comment and at least one or two suggestions about where I can stick things. So <laughs> <laughs> with that said, I say we move on to what's on the bench. And like you said at the beginning, we've got a few things to talk about here. So uh, who wants to take this one away? I think I've done enough, enough damage to the show. Hmm. Shannon, why don't you go first? All righty. Well, <clears throat> I have... I have a return on the bench. I have a dissatisfied customer. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Who actually returned a Christmas gift? Oh, oh, oh now yeah. that's harsh. I know. And it was my mother-in-law. It was even oh. worse. 
<laughs> well, in my house, I would expect that actually. So that's, <laughs> that's not that surprising. Is this the best you can do, Matt? Try again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told Do you you again. should marry that lawyer. He has good crafts. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, and I may end up posting this on my own blog at some point because it's it's interesting. I, I don't know if you guys remember that video I did of the salt and pepper shaker. Um, I don't know. Sometime before Christmas, I turned to salt and pepper shaker. It's a little little um, kit from Penn State Woodworking, mm-hmm. and um, it it cracked. And it was a it was a piece of marble wood which I had never worked with before. It was a hunk of marble wood that I had in the shop for probably four, maybe five years. So I knew it was dry. I wasn't really concerned about that, but it completely shrunk. And the way the kit is made, it, there's um like a cylinder that goes inside, um, both at the top where the handle where you turn the handle, and at the bottom that actually holds the whole grinder mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I guess as it tried to shrink around that kind of composite material that wouldn't shrink. It just cracked around the edges. And I started thinking salt is a desiccant. So how do people make pepper mills? Because that's the first pepper mill I've ever made. They put how pepper in make it, not a salt. Pepper mill? I guess that's true. <laughs> so I, I'm just thinking somebody about was this. doing something wrong. That's what I think is the issue. This, it's not your this fault. pepper tastes like salt. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> hmm. Somebody put salt in my pepper mill. This well, must so, be from a. This must be sea pepper. Well, you you would imagine though that even pepper might might start to pull in some uh, moisture. Think. You know, wick it away from the the wood to some extent. So I don't know, and again, having not made one of these before, it may be the way that mechanism is set up. Maybe some of them don't have like a, um, you know, a cylinder that's a, a snug fit inside. Yeah. But uh, it was weird because the more I started to think about it, I'm like, well, of course it shrunk. You know, duh. You throw a desiccant in there, and it's gonna, right. it's gonna suck all the all the, the moisture out of it. But at the same time, though, it should. I don't know. Should it make the hole in the inside wider or should it shrink the whole thing as a unit? You know, that's some, I have trouble thinking about that sometimes when you think right. about wood shrinking and if there's a hole in it, does it, because does it the fibers shrink are shrinking, directions? exactly. Does it make that hole wider or does it re, you know, constrict? Right. So, I mean, needless to say, it's not a bad crack. It's actually something that I can, um, you know, repair relatively easily. But I, I, I looked at it and I'm like, oh yeah, well, it's, wait a minute because you put salt in it. Well, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do with the salt shaker? <laughs> right. So anyway, it was just one of those, you know, hmm moments. Yeah, did so, you uh, wind up repairing it? Was it repairable? Uh, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> it's still sitting on the bench. <laughs> it's for my mother-in-law. I'll get to it. She can wait. She can wait. There's a joke in there someplace about cracked. It was marble, lost the marble, salt and pepper. <laughs> I've got a song working in my head. I just don't know how to work the whole thing out. So... <laughs> I'm going to get back to you. Maybe that'll be in the next episode. All right. Well, besides great music, uh, what else is uh, going on in your head right now or on your bench, I should say? Well, at, uh, on my own bench, we just finished up uh, uh, the mirror frame that I, I built for my wife for Samantha. In fact, uh, the, the first episode just went up on the site. The second one's coming up. Well, we'll be completing the construction process. I use some of this older cherry, which is is really it's. I'm really happy with it, to be quite honest with you, because uh, number one, it's nice to get old wood kind of off the shelf so I can bring in new wood and kind of like get things ready for that. But it was pretty exciting because uh, this is like the first thing that I think I've made for the family in a long time. And especially I start with my wife because happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that definitely worked out. The one thing I was upset about, and I mentioned this in the video, was I really was 
going for more. I wanted to try something green and green. It's one of those I, I it's on my bucket list. Um, I don't know if it's very high on the bucket list, but <laughs> I want I want to kind of go that route. I want to play with a little bit. And it was that that exact thing where as I'm making it, I almost thought about just simply not even like recording it, maybe starting over. I don't know what I was going to do with it. But when I made the the little error by not paying attention to the width, so it's like one of those, well, uh, back to the drawing table. And then when Sam's asking, you know, well, why is this taking so long? It's like, well, <laughs> it was this little issue. <laughs> Somebody wasn't paying attention. But the good news is I have all my fingers. So that's all we need to worry about. Um, the other thing that's been going on is currently on my bench, as we're speaking right now, I have been playing with uh, the, the Tormek sharpening system that I have. And that's if anybody has seen the pictures over at Twitter, I think I posted one there, if not at Facebook also, of my now uh, half-bald arm from uh, how well. <laughs> I did see that. It's like, oops, somebody's been sharpening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did really good up until last night when I, I did actually cut myself but it's not bad it's like a slight scar so it, it's not too bad but the problem is now because there's so much bare skin there that scar really really shows up and to make it even worse i've kind of been doing it on the underside because my wife said why didn't you do it on the underside why'd you have to do it on the top half where people could see it <laughs> so now i've got that and then somebody will see that at work when i'm wearing a short sleeves shirt and they're like why do you are you okay <laughs> yeah what? no 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 you don't understand see this is from sharpening and then you take the blade and you I'm going back to my scope. <laughs> so, Matt's a cutter. You, Matt. There's there's a workman's comp claim in there that you could get a few days off. Come on yeah. now. Think ahead. There, there was one manager who I think is fed up with me at the moment from a few complaints that I think that she is definitely, definitely looking into that option right now. <laughs> so what I don't anyway. understand is Michigan in winter. Why are you wearing a short sleeve shirt? Do I just un- misunderstand how Michigan is in the middle of winter? I think there was that whole George Costanza thing at the beginning there. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Matt just uh, puts out an excessive amount of heat. Yes. yes. <laughs> He's like a portable uh, heater wherever he goes. Nice. And then some. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's unbelievable. So let me ask you, Matt, you were playing with the Tormek. Do you, do you like the edge that comes right off of the Tormek? Because I know some folks say like it's great for putting a, a hollow grind on a chisel or something, but it, they feel like it still needs some more work after the fact. How did you like the, the edge straight off of the machine? That I see. I've, I've been going to my stones to finish putting like the uh, a micro bevel on it. it. It it's it's a nice edge when it comes off there. It's very very sharp. Um, what I ended up doing is I I finally set up the leather honing wheel mm-hmm. uh, that that comes with it. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this right now. The whoever designed that portion of it, the uh, jig that you use to sharpen on the big wheel, you then take it over and you are supposed to be able to potentially use it on the uh, leather honing and the only way I can get the blade set for that because you have to kind of eyeball it they do have like this marker technique where you mark the the edge of the blade and then you have to kind of come down and experiment the the bottom of the jig catches on the weld for one of the arms Mm. so you'll get it set you're going it's hitting exactly where you want it on, on the honing wheel and then suddenly you hit that little weld and it lifts up and so now only half of your blade is actually honed so you can do it freehand i don't feel like doing it freehand because there's a reason why i don't do freehand on my stones i don't think i want to do it with a spinning wheel so that's that's my only complaint so what i've been doing is i'll get that that the nice uh, uh sharp uh primary bevel and then i take it over to my stones and the nice thing is there, I, I get a really super fast uh, micro bevel on it, and it still has all the benefits of having that original really sharp primary bevel. So 
Um, it's like to me, it's it's about the best of both worlds, and I think that's probably what I'm going to be doing, except when I travel, because then the tour kind of heavy, and I don't think I'm going to take that. <laughs> but a good thing is once you have that, I mean, that's I have the jet sharpener, and that's kind of what I use it for. I, I well, not on my Japanese chisels, but like on my uh, my cheapo marbles chisels. Um, and then all you need to do to maintain your your blades for just the next couple of years is to maintain that <laughs> micro bevel. Uh, and then once you dig that back too far, then you could just go back to the the hollow grind and start over again. It's a it's actually a pretty cool system. But I found that I don't use the wet sharpener, uh, you know, on a routine basis. That's like a once a year thing. That's exactly yeah. it. That, that's the one thing is this this whole week since I I broke this out. This is like pretty much that once a year type of thing. In fact, yeah. I even mentioned somewhere along the lines like I'm, I keep looking at things that I know are sharp, but I feel like I've got it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should just just do it. Just get those resharpened, even though they don't need it, just because it's here. So I don't know. Maybe I, I need to set up my my sharpening bench a little bit different, so I I'll take advantage of it more often. But yeah, once I get that hollow grind, I. I'm I'm sad. Then it's just a matter of just rehoning on my stones, and I'm I'm good as gold. It's hard to beat that's, a good set of stones, you know. Yeah. That's kind of like that last little bit of shellac in the bottom of the the you know the whatever the cup you use. Ooh, what can I wipe this on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about the front of this cabinet? Perfect. Basically, yeah. yeah. Ooh, come here, dog. Come here. Let me put. I this seem on. to remember there's some you can use this for medicinal purposes. Anybody have any chocolate? We could just dip that in there. Honey, why is Alex's tail stuck to his leg? I don't know. I really don't we know. Don't, one, one thing I did notice when I was kind of looking, uh, when I was having that issue with that, that leather honing wheel, one thing I did do is I wanted to see on some of the forums, and of course, Tormek has their own forum, I wanted to see if anybody was having that issue, and immediately I saw the same exact thing. It was a, um, a Veritas low-angle blade that I was having trouble with. And I was thinking it was just that size, that length of the blade, but it turns out no, it's it's a whole bunch of other ones too. But the same, the person described the same exact issue I had, and then there was somewhere in another one just below it was like uh, uh, they're talking about how the fact you can take different wheels. Tormek has the different grades of wheels. They have a special Japanese waterstone one where they're like, this will give you the same effect as like you know like a gazillion thousand uh, mm. uh, stone. So you could do that. And there was that part that's like, oh. Now, that would be super cool. But at the same time, I'm like, but I've got these and they work. So there's that part of me, just like with the tech thing, it's like I got a perfectly good working phone. Do I trade it in for the new one just because it's new and yes. it's super cool? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 I, that's exactly my head went, idiot. Why are you even hesitating? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like what, then I started calling around to see if it's locally available or do I have to have it imported? It's kind of a cool thing, though, because then if you if you do get that working, then that really could potentially take the place of, of your stones. But at the same time, you drag the Tormac out unless you have like a dedicated station for it. Then you got to fill the little trough with water, uh, get the whole thing set up. It's really kind of just as fast as, you know, grabbing a little jig, hooking up the, you know, your blade and, and going at it with a little spray bottle. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's it's so funny. You say the thing about the water. I'm going to drag this one out for a minute, but it, my, I couldn't tell if my cat drank all the damn sharpening water oh, no. that was in the little trough <laughs> or if our house is just that dry that it evaporated because I swear I filled it up and then I came back down like a couple of days later and I'm like, it's empty and it can't just be the wheel because I mean the wheel soaked up a ton of it, but where the hell did it all go? I, I'm sure that metal dust was really good for the cat. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've noticed he's been awful quietly, which I'm not <laughs> complaining about, but I am not cleaning up that cat litter, let me tell you. Poor kitty kitty. Well, I guess, you know, the wheel does actually soak up quite a bit, and I guess if it is soaking and kind of 
um, evaporating off of the stone at the same time. Maybe it just evaporated really quickly. That that that's what I'm thinking. I I, I haven't mentioned it to Sam yet, so let's keep this all between us. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the cat's like dead in the kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I I'm trying to think. It does seem like that that little trough kind of empties awful quick. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, well, I mean, one of the one of the issues that I've had with it is I'm in a garage, and in the middle of winter, I can't uh, leave yeah. the stone in the water. Of course. Um, right. Bad things happen. Bad <laughs> things happen. Did you hear so a shotgun I, blast? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like you, Mark, it's like it's great to kind of get things started, or yeah. um, I sometimes refer to it as hitting the reset button. Oh yeah, when you've like really screwed up an edge, yep. <laughs> throw it in the tormac, and it will fix you know your drunken sharpening session. But you know, I haven't gotten to the point where I've had to go back to it. Because you're right, it's like a couple years later when that <laughs> micro bevel's gotten too big that you've got to go and reset that chisel. Um, I have chisels that I initially sharpened on my Tormac like two years ago that I've never taken back there because yeah. they just don't need it yet. You know, yeah. you just keep it in that micro bevel. So. It's kind of like a gentle grinder. I mean, well, it is a grinder, but because it's a, a, a you know a finer stone and it's a wet process, it really is just a grinding operation. And if you're not satisfied with the edge that comes off of there, it, it really kind of is just a glorified grinder. But um, I yeah, do man. know people who are sort of, you know, religiously rely on that machine from top to bottom to use the the leather strop and, and they, they have no problem with that. And that gives them the edge that they need. So we can't, you know, don't want to be too one-sided about it because I know a lot of people do actually use that as their entire sharpening system successfully. So And it oh, yeah, probably does just fine. Else. You know, I think so many of us have been brainwashed. And when I say so many of us, I am referring to myself. <laughs> brainwashed that you've got to have 8,000 grit and you've got to have just the most incredible sharp. I don't go any higher than 8,000 grit, but, you know, I never, to be honest, I don't think I ever even tried the edge right off the Tormac, other than my turning tools. Right. Um, you know, I just assumed that I needed to sharpen it some more <laughs> right? just because that's what I'm told it's supposed to happen. So, sure. yeah, we're all a little bit ridiculous when it comes to sharpening. A little so snobbish, sure. a little snobbish, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah, word for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Just plain so, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with you, Mark, now that we've uh, uh, established the whole issue with uh, Shannon this and This show I. brought to you by Tormac. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Now that we crapped all over Tormac, <laughs> I don't think we'll be seeing any sponsorship money from them. Yeah, I better go take that uh, ad down right now. <laughs> uh, my bench. Well, I have a bench, so I guess that's a good thing, right? Woohoo! Um, I, yeah, I yeah, got everything been working on that, haven't you? I have indeed. And I actually am pretty close to being finished and I've, I've taken about a week or so off from the shop. So I haven't gotten a chance to go in and do the finishing touches, but it's looking good. I'm really happy with it. I did a little, a uh, little bit of a green and green tribute on the leg vice and, um, the parallel guide and the sliding dead man, just little things just to kind of put that personal flair to it. So it's, uh, it's exciting. I just, I can't wait to build something on it. Frankly, after you spend this much time building it, it's really actually yeah. building the next project where you get to really, truly enjoy this bench. How are those it, ebony plugs working on the surface of the bench? Do they get in the way at all? Or? <laughs> you know, they're like they're like little plane stops. Uh, they, they work really nice. well. That's awesome. <laughs> Retractable <laughs> ebony plugs. Uh, but yeah, it's overall, I'm very, very happy with it. The Benchcrafted hardware is, I mean, anyone who's used it before, you know, it's it's top of the line stuff. Uh, really, really excited to get started with it. But aside from that, we also have... Well, we were hoping to get it out today uh, for for this live session, but it uh, just didn't happen. So probably tomorrow, uh, maybe at the latest Friday, we're going to have the latest version of the Wood Whisperer site is going to be um, 
launched. So it's, you know, kind nice. of, yeah, it's kind of in the same vein of what it is now. It's not like a complete uh, turnaround like we did uh, with the last version, which was a complete <laughs> different, uh, um, you know, just organization and everything. Um, but there's some really, really sweet upgrades. John Funk really uh, knocked it out of the park on this one. So um, it's been a long time coming. I, I, I keep him busy, apparently. I'm going to put it in my reading list right now and my uh, my to-do list to come back. And if it's not there, I'm going to tell you the devastation that I'm going to be feeling. Yeah, well, I, it hopefully will be tomorrow. And Matt, you're going to love it. And everyone else who's been complaining about our chat room for the last few years, you're going to be happy. Uh, there's a big difference there with the chat room. Lots, lots of great upgrades. And just really with a site that's as big as ours is after putting... I don't know what six years of content into this site. It's so easy for, and you guys know this too with your sites. It's so easy for things just to get lost in the pile. Uh, you know, okay. they, they <laughs> yes, go they, into oh, yeah, the, <laughs> into the black hole archive, never to be seen again. And one of my goals is to make sure that doesn't happen, so that people can easily find content that they didn't know about, or if it's a new person on the website, they're constantly being a you know sort of. Uh, attracted to other areas of the website, and hopefully that will allow people to get the most out of it. Oh, yeah, well, nothing's funny that when you <clears throat> go ahead. Oh. <laughs> go ahead man. I got seniority, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that I think it's it, it's so funny that you mentioned like how content will get lost, and it just between the three of us. I mean, we definitely put a lot out there. Nothing is funnier than when you get a comment or an email from somebody that is basically like, "Hey, I noticed on such and such post you mentioned this." I'm like, "I did." <laughs> where is that and i'll start doing a search and i, I myself can't find it but then i'm yeah. like send me a link and they'll send a link i'm like my god you're right it's on my site <laughs> how did that happen yeah totally in episode 4f when you tackle the jelly monster <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i do not recall that uh yeah yeah totally and i and i mean it's just it's the plague you know sort of the curse of a of a long running blog you know, it's just when you have these time-based or date-based posts, they just naturally are going to get pushed to the bottom of the pile. Yep. Well, so, I'm curious to see how you tackle that because it's something that I tried to do with my last refresh. And yeah. so, you know, the homepage is full of all kinds of stuff that just randomly regenerates every time you hit refresh, but it's certainly not perfect. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. you can only manage to fit only so much on there and then right. you know, the search functions are just terrible in WordPress most of the time. Yeah. Well, this, the, the, some of the upgrades we did, um, I won't go into boring details on the stuff, but one of the things I think is really cool is with our viewer projects and shop tours, this is something that, I mean, it just keeps going. We have such a huge backlog of, of projects and shops that we just can't find the time to post. Um, but being able to search for those effectively, especially, you know, when you're doing a, a upgrade for your shop or something like that, and you want to find shops that are like yours, going into a big pile is not very useful. But if you can go into that pile and say, show me hobbyist shops and shops that are only between 250 and 500 square feet, um, you know, and you could sort of sift through the pile that way, it would be a heck of a lot easier. And that's, that's one of the things that we're allowing people cool. to do. That's fantastic. That's so funny because the way you were just describing this is part of me. I was thinking, I'm like, okay, so you just got done having like box week. You probably have enough content in there, especially with like the, 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 all the shops and everything where you could have a specific week dedicated to like, we're going to have a (laughs) shop only with wooden walls on the back wall (laughs) and fluorescent lights, but yet with a dog over in the corner and a braided rug. And then next week we're going to go into cement walls. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's just a lot of posts, but uh, yeah, that's about it. So we're excited about that's that. Awesome. That's coming later this week. And well, yeah, that's a, it, pretty much it for me. Let's um, what do you say? We move on to our topics because we've got some really, really good ones today. Let's do it. 
All right. Yay. So if you have been paying attention to the blogosphere or you get the, the popular woodworking newsletter, you probably heard that woodworking in America is going to be in two locations this coming year, this fall. Uh, so what? Uh, so they're going to have what? The one in Ohio, right? In uh, Cincinnati or is it Kentucky officially? I think it's officially Kentucky. It's Covington, Kentucky. So same place as last year. Covington. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And the other location, which I am really, really excited about is Pasadena. Uh, so that's within driving distance for me, which is why I'm all stoked about it. But um, so he, he, this is really the thing. What do you guys think about two locations? You know, was it necessary? Is it going to really screw up the event by, by dividing people up? Because this was a, a source of some debate out there. Mm. 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 I'll let you take this one, Shannon. Oh, okay. No one wants to go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, also tell us which one, if if any or both, are you uh, planning on attending to? Well, I'll answer that one first because the answer is I have no idea. <clears throat> it's well in in Pasadena. the last. <laughs> well, wait. Which one are you going to, Mark? You going to Pasadena? Um, I might go to Cincinnati. <laughs> well, if if I were pressed and had to make a decision today, it would be Pasadena, mainly because it's it's more of a destination. Yes. No offense to the Cincinnati people, but I I was in Cincinnati last October. Um. Eh, okay. You know, it's cool, but you know, we're talking green and green ultimate bungalow houses within driving distance in Pasadena and, you know, Disneyland. So, well, it is Southern California. So it's, you know, has but, some extra points there to begin with. And you know, far more authentic Mexican food than you can get. Oh, <laughs> I had thought about that, man. I miss Mexican food ever since I moved from out West. Anyway, uh, tangent. So, uh, you know, in the last wood talk online, like back in 2009, whenever it was, we did the last one. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that I'm actually this year I'm actually going to take a week long woodworking class. Right. First time I've ever done that. Well, it kind of poses an issue because now I've got a significant amount of my year, my available woodworking time, my woodworking quotient with the wife is kind of tied up already. So I really got to think about this hmm. um, because there is a third show, not to jump ahead, but there's now a third show in the mix. That um, those other guys up in Connecticut have decided to come up with a show, so right. it's 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 a tough decision. I need to figure out. <clears throat> you know, I'm very fortunate that I'm able to go down to North Carolina and take a you know six day class with Roy Underhill, and I'm actually taking a weekend class with uh, Chuck Bender. So now it's a matter of while I could probably get the time off work, you know, can I convince the the wife that I'm going to now travel out to California or Cincinnati or something like that? I mean, right. probably it's going to happen to one of the three shows, but I have to really think about it. It's, hmm. you know, and when we did our, our post Woodworking in America show um, last year, you know, there was a lot of talk of, you know, really, I go for the social events. I don't really go for the seminars anymore. Right. Well, now this year, I've got some classes scheduled that I'm pretty excited about. So I have to really, I don't know, you know, it's going to suck to not go to any of them. So to the original question, what do you think about having two events? It, it That sucks in that respect because of, the, you know, dividing up kind of the pool of people you get to see and all that. But yeah. You know, I don't know. It's it's a really tough decision for me this year. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it does, in a sense, divide up the existing group of people that we know and love. Right. Um, yep. But in effect, it actually expands it because now there's a lot of people who can go who would not have been able to go before just because of the, the location being so east, east coast, 
you know, um, I have to imagine that's a huge amount of people. I mean, just think of the population of California alone. There's got to be a lot of people there that have never been to this show before. Well, had uh, Woodworking in America been in Pasadena last year, I would have gone then too. It was just I didn't feel like doing the whole airport flight thing. It was just an inconvenient time for me, but I certainly would have been able to make the drive. You know, so yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who just don't want to uh, to go that far. But it's Southern California. There's a ton of woodworkers there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so so frankly, I think, yeah, if you just look at our small little tight knit group, you might say it's re- reducing or splitting us up. But in effect, it's opening up an opportunity to meet so many more people. Yeah, that's one thing I think is too, over the years since they've been doing it, it always seems like there's every time they they bring up the questions there's always the survey afterwards where would you like to see it and and the west coast has always been something on that list and it i think for a while there people almost got to the point where it's like why do you even put that on the list you're just messing with us because you're not <laughs> going to do it yeah exactly yeah exactly that was it and so i have a feeling that it is i i think the pasadena one is going to be the one to go to this year i have a feeling that is going to be the the, uh, the show that is really going to i I'm just going to put it out. I think that's the one that's going to sell out the fastest between the two of them. Yeah, one, right. because it's just, it's the new location. It's going to be a, a, a change up. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea at this point, you know, wh- who they're going to be getting in there, what the topics are going to be and stuff like that. But I have well, a feeling that's, that's really key though, because there's been nothing, you know, in typical popular woodworking. They, they have to submit all the contracts and everything. They don't, they're very tight lipped about it. We have no idea. You know, right. I, I can assume that, you know, they're going to they always do a good job of coming up with new things every year. It always surprises me. But <clears throat> excuse me, you have to imagine California. I mean, there's a whole new set of people. Exactly. That, you know, like William Ng, you know, he's right yep. there. I it would be kind of cool to see him show up. So that's the wild card that could totally change my opinion and make up my mind, you know, in a, in a heartbeat. It would also yeah. be really nice in that same vein, given the locale, to think about things like, okay, maybe we should focus on more modern design. And that's yeah, yeah that that's a good point because I was thinking, I'm like the the one in Cincinnati. It seems like the the past several years, um, what the topics they've they've talked about, anything with design and stuff like that, tends to be something I think you would associate with the East Coast, something that you would associate more with like. Well, I wouldn't really say colonial or anything like that, but there's nothing newer where the West Coast. I mean, the first thing I think of a West Coast is more modern, more. I don't want to say hip because you guys aren't that hip, uh, but, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> but like the fact that you do, like you said, you know, like, like uh, the green and green inspired homes are out there. I mean, the green well, not inspired. The actual green and green homes. Kind of <laughs> yes, it was They're inspired by the greens. Uh, yeah. Copycats. They got it from Sears, you know, but but the fact that, yeah, those are out there. And then that's like one of those rather than just bringing in, you know, one, maybe two individuals who can talk about it and do a slideshow. Instead, this is is a real opportunity to be like let's go see it and for you know right. for real totally you know you well, know I mean, cincinnati about, you're going down to the shakers there you can go see green and green think about all the asian influence yes. out on the west coast absolutely I mean, yeah. there's a huge amount of of japanese woodworking going on out there and i mean what is green and green but asian inspired arts and crafts you know right. so i think that that and you know sam maloof his his place is out there you know there's there's a lot to, to look at so that you know i think you're right matt i think it's gonna be the one to go to yeah i, th- I think it's just gonna it's gonna add a, a different flavor uh to, to the whole entire um uh, 
event when it comes down to it because the people that are going to be coming in, what their current influences are, um, you know, what's, what's going on in their shops, what it is that they want to see. I think that's really going to give Popular Woodworking an opportunity to kind of expand where maybe they could have brought the people into Cincinnati, but it probably wouldn't have been as easy to, to really do it. I don't know. I just, again, I'm kind of grasping at straws or I'm being very – very good at predicting the future. <laughs> yeah, it would also be nice to see them sort of dip outside of the current magazine blood that they're working with. Um, yeah. Like maybe let's, like you said, William Ng, let's get some David Marks in there. How about some Daryl Peart? Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of opportunity to get folks who um, don't necessarily have an affiliation uh, with the other magazine. Um, you know, that would be great uh, to add to this list. I absolutely. Well, so. You know, you mentioned David Marks and that brings up another point of not only just different people, but what about wood turning? Oh yeah. You know, and I know yeah. there are wood turning events and wood turners and furniture makers tend to be a little bit of a different ilk, but I mean, that's something, have they even, they've never touched turning at woodwork in America, have they? No, the the closest thing that I can think of, at least, is um when uh, oh what's his name the the Bodger he's he's uh, always out in the, uh, uh, in the Don uh, Don Weber yeah he's always out in the marketplace I mean that's the, that's the closest thing I can think of uh, yeah. to a tur- to a Turner I mean other so, than yeah you know, just the, the marketplace get David stuff. Marks out there doing you know huge gigantic turn things I mean that that could be really cool heck yeah 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 definitely. all right all well, right let's submit these ideas the, let them know. The, it's going to be the burrito-flavored woodworking in America. Just let them know that we just planned the whole thing for them, so now they don't have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about it. It's set. Give us our plane tickets. Well, <laughs> a couple of us are plane tickets. Well, you know, the other thing to think about, though, guys, there's a new editor at Popular Woodworking. Mm-hmm. And and as we were, as I was talking before we started recording, I'm proud to say that I got my issue of Popular Woodworking today. Um, finally, I got it on time. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a Cronovian cabinet on the front. Nice. Hello, what what magazine is this? You know, so that's going to be interesting. It'd be kind of cool to see um, if that has anything to do with how the show comes out. Yeah, that would be very cool. Um, now, speaking of shows, we you mentioned it earlier, Shannon uh, alluded to it at least. The other show that just kind of right. popped up out of nowhere, seemingly, is Fine Woodworking Live, and this is kind of yeah. You know, I said it in a blog post, and I, I mean this in the best possible way. It's kind of an, a me too sort of event and it's like hey this is working for them maybe we should uh try our hand at it so sure. um a, what was it maybe a week after uh or two weeks after woodworking in america was announced in two locations we got the announcement that fine woodworking live was coming and right. essentially it's the same type of event without the marking uh marketplace uh only this one's taking place in new york so now what do you think this does like, what do you guys think about the show does it really offer anything tremendously different from woodworking in america and does it impact it in general? Does this actually screw things up in the sense like, okay, well, now we have a third one that can further right. subdivide. <laughs> uh, and will they all suffer low attendance because there's just too much and not enough woodworkers? I, I, I think it's it's too soon to say really what this one is going to do. I yeah. mean, from attending the very first Woodworking in America, there was just so much one of those, you know, eh, we'll see what this is going to be. This is probably nothing. And with Fine Woodworking, I mean, they definitely have, whether they want to admit it or not, they kind of have a template that's out there to kind of see, you know, f- the feedback and everything from what the other ones were like. That doesn't mean that they're obviously going to be a, a copycat. But I, I think, personally, I think 
it's going to kind of subdivide it a little bit. I think some people will choose to go to this and spend their money here versus spending it, say, uh, with the opportunity to go to, to pine, uh, popular woodworking. I almost said pine woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to pine woodworking. We're not copying that other magazine. <laughs> uh, but there's a part of me that, that thinks that. And, and to be quite honest, there's a part of me that, I don't know, maybe some of the people that will that normally attend woodworking in America, um, they, maybe they they might check out the fine woodworking thing. But I don't know if that would be like their big push because I'm almost kind of, oh, I don't want to say it because I know it's like totally divide it and be totally jerky and stuff. But it seems like there's a certain breed that are hardcore fine woodworkers, fine woodworking yeah. magazine people. I've um, always I mean, wondered you, how much crossover there is between the readerships. Yeah, because you know? I mean, when you go into the knots for it, man, that gets friggin' that's vicious, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's probably not a good example of what the readership is like. But if it is, woo! <laughs> well, there is a tone to this event, and I, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but it almost feels like a scholarly event. Um, mm. Like it's much more class focused. Okay. Then and maybe it's just what the bloggers have done woodworking in America, where it's just woo party all the <laughs> party! time. You know? But <laughs> yeah, there exactly. is there is a bit even even the editors of Popular Woodworking. I mean, they talk about the nighttime events and kicking back with a beer or whatever. And I mean, there's a lot of kind of communal party atmosphere that comes with woodworking in America. And maybe it's just fine woodworking. You know, we're new on the block here. We don't want to you know come out as as crazy or something like that but it feels to me like well we we have to remember fine woodworking's been hosting the working wood conference in williamsburg for many many years and right. that is very much a scholarly event you know they're historians and and furniture restoration specialists and people that really know what they're talking about when it comes to period furniture go to this you know yeah. so i i don't know maybe it, that's what i'm thinking of but this this event feels much more um reserved i guess um i think that's a that's a fair way to present it i mean although saturday night they do say that nick offerman oh, that's true we <laughs> that. never mind there. The, you know, the popular woodworking usually has uh um roy underhill as their their presentation which is always very good but i mean <laughs> this guy has a mustache wait no the other one does too <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know what i see that move as kind of like you know, like when the nerdy guy comes along and goes, hey, look, I can be cool, too. You know, like it's like, let's get Nick Offerman to be the funny guy because we're the serious people. Look, we can be funny, right. too, just like pop woodworking can be. Um, right. It doesn't I don't see fine woodworking as being lighthearted and funny. I just see, uh, you know, the parks and recreation guy being lighthearted <laughs> yes. and funny. Yeah, I suddenly um, had an image at the, uh, the, 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 the whole dinner and he'll crack a joke and like a few of us in the audience would be like <laughs> and they yeah. all would be straight faced. Yeah, I, I still see the fine woodworking crew as being very stiff. I mean, and it's they don't have to be funny. They're a woodworking magazine, so it's not yeah. you know that doesn't have to be in their uh, job description. That's who they are, and that's what makes fine woodworking so fundamentally different than popular woodworking. And it's great because if they were exactly the same personalities and magazines and content, who would want to read them both? Um, right. But you know, looking at the the class list. Um, I was thinking, okay, you know, I think it's safe to say that fine woodworking generally does in terms of content, they do more like higher end stuff. 
You know, they're right. going to focus on right. more refined techniques, uh, more advanced things uh, than popular woodworking. But if you look at the list of classes, and I think this is probably just the nature of the beast, if you want to attract the most people, you have to go a little bit more generic and you have to be, um, you can't go too far because you start to go into a niche and then you lose people. So mm-hmm. if you look at the classes, there's really not a whole lot in there that separates it from woodworking in America just in terms of content. So I, frankly, I was hoping that it would go a little bit more into the fine details uh, stuff yeah. as the magazine does, um, but it does seem much more generic. So I, I don't know what that says about the event, but it's, you know, I just, there's an observation. Right. Sure. We, one thing I'm kind of curious is I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the elective classes at the moment. I, I don't understand. I, I, maybe it's just me. I'm not sure. Is this like actual hands-on stuff they're doing? Like where they're talking about, you know, uh, uh, the handmade drawer with Christian Bexfort, uh, and then it goes into like, uh, um, what's the here like turning furniture parts? I or think stuff. it is. It's I think it's a hands-on because they is it okay? They, they list that the attendance is limited for a certain amount of people per class, okay. and the I'm, top I'm, ones, the core classes, are in this big large meeting room. So I'm guessing we're talking like a big lecture versus an actual opportunity for hands-on. That, that, really that also isn't that it works. isn't it like 300 people or 400 like total the number of tickets available. I saw something just the other day. That's a good question. I don't know. One of the things that hit my inbox, you know, the, the, the many emails that come from fine woodworking and popular woodworking daily. Um, I want to say it was like three or 400 total I see tickets it. Yep. available. Uh, 300 people total. Yeah. So now, I mean, mm-hmm. Matt, what was the attendance in Berea? Do you remember? Oh, no, I, I don't remember. Out, but. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I want to say, for some reason, 400 is, is popping in my head. Could be because Mark just said that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I want to say it was somewhere around there because it was still small enough to be, oh, that must be them calling right now to give Hello? me the correct number. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But anyways, uh, let's just ignore that because um, I'm, I'm the only one home at the moment. Uh, Matt I does, has, go answer does that, have but, uh, a direct line to taunt and press. He's got the yeah. bat phone. They call. Uh, Mr. Vanderlist, it's actually uh, 400, just so you know. <laughs> That's right. But I, I think it was that. It was, it was very small. So um, let me mute Well, and that was one of the talk. things that, you know, people were, were so excited about Berea, Kentucky, is it was such an intimate event. And, you know, Woodworking in America has only gotten bigger. I mean, I think they broke 1,000 the last couple of years. Wow. Right. And, you know, so there's no marketplace in Fine Woodworking Live, which most people say is the best part of Woodworking in America. Mm-hmm. But just the verbiage when we talk about electives, you know, are they taking – are we getting a grade? Are they taking attendance? You know, I mean that's what I'm talking about. And Mark, actually, your word stiff is better. That was the first word that came to me. I was trying to be polite, but since you already said it, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, stiff. It, it feels like – you know, I'm going to get in trouble if I try to go into a different class. You remember yeah. the, the the very first Woodworking America went to, we all had this idea that, you know, you sign up for these classes and you had to go to those classes. And I remember right. thinking, ooh, press pass. Look at me. I can just walk into any class I want. And it very quickly became like no one's taking attendance. <laughs> you just walk into whatever you want. Right. You can get up in the middle of it and go, you know, see three classes in the space of one time period, you know. Yeah. And I get the impression that that, you know, that's not the way it's going to be, you know, if there are hands-on stuff. And that's probably the only way you can do hands-on is if you have a ticket to this and you're going to, you know, it's like signing up for a class. So, yeah. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, if you're going no, to promise all. me hands-on, then give me a slot in a class at a workbench and teach me something. 
Yeah, you know, sure. You know, yeah, and, and, I, I I could see us like the group as we normally are. If we, if we went in there like we we do at Woodworking in America. I could see them like uh, escort those ones out and then getting I was the lecture. Say, as much about, as we joke about being thrown out, it might actually happen. Dude, yeah, what and then was, I, I could um, see the lecture of the uh, listen. There's people on the waiting list, and you've ruined their opportunity. <laughs> what is how much does Woodworking in America cost now? What it was. I want to I want to say like five hundred, yeah, something like that. Before like four hundred, that sounds about right. Four hundred seems to be the right number for all of our answers today. <laughs> four hundred, that is two. Four, yeah, four hundred. Okay, before three, your hotel and everything. All right, three ninety five is what I'm seeing on Woodworking in America, and the regular price for Fun Woodworking Live is four forty nine with an early bird special of three ninety nine. So they're they're really, you know, kind of hitting the same price point. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Hmm. Well, it's oh, definitely having, something to think game about. game night Friday night, too. Interesting. I wonder what the game's going to be. Is it, is it a mortise chisel roulette? <laughs> chisel juggling. Well, you know, I have to say, I mean, it's it's a, what, probably three, maybe four hours for me. Yeah. So I probably should go <laughs> just, just because I doubt you two jackasses are going to go. So, you know, one of the triumphant who... <laughs> Did I just call us a triumphant? That's, oh, that was a mistake. Ooh. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Everybody knows we're a trio. Wow. <laughs> I'm really not ever going to live that down. Uh, the three amigos, one of the three amigos should probably go to this. Well, thing, I mean, so. you're assuming they're going to let you in. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. <laughs> point. You stopped at the door. Hey, you're yeah. that triumphant guy. Well, you know, the other thing is it is also the first time they're doing it. So uh, anytime yeah. you do some sort of a live or a, uh, a big sort of conference style event like this, there's got to be a major learning curve to it. So I would, I think it's smart for them not to bite off more than they can chew this first time. Just provide a great experience for a small subset of people and, mm-hmm. and let those people go out and tell everybody how great it was. And then, you know, let it kind of grow from there. Well, it, again, I'll, I'll say they've been doing the woodwork, working wood conference for a long time. I don't think they're completely new hat to this. Well, what's, what's the content of that conference? I'm not familiar with it. I mean, it, it looks, when you look at the, um, the format, it's very much the same. I mean, it's nothing but 18th century furniture um, for that one, but they bring in guest speakers from all over. They mm-hmm. have like a lecture hall type setup where someone's up there doing a demonstration and talking through something very, very specific. And every year they have a, you know, a very specific topic. This year it was Mount Vernon and the furniture of uh, George Washington's furniture. Okay. And, you know, they get the the cabinet makers from Colonial Williamsburg to show up and they do their thing. And you get a lot of very respected experts. Again, that kind of scholarly thing. But I mean, they've, I don't know how long it's been going, but I want to say it's probably been at least five or six years. Okay. So yeah, so um, they're not completely new to the, the concept. Yeah. So. so I think, I think that they may, um, they may do all right in their, their quote first outing. Huh. Well, it's interesting. Nonetheless, it's definitely generated a lot of discussion and I hope some of you actually wind up going and, uh, you know, give us a call, let us know, or write us an email. Give us a review. Yeah. This is not till August, so we've got quite a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, it's you funny. Just yeah, reading, you oh. just said that when some of you might go, and I thought, what do you mean, matter I? And then I just thought, oh, yeah, we're recording. Yeah, there's actually, because people do listen to this after the fact. <laughs> what do you know? That new show, we'll talk online. Yeah, amazingly. Um, all right, well, I guess we, we can kind of move on from there. Um, I do want to mention that, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, we had Get, Get Woodworking Week. It was something that we would have mentioned if we had a show to mention it at that time. Uh, but Tom Iovino kind of saw 
what happened last year with safety week and thought we could do something a little bit uh, different and kind of have the same thing, like a community uh, of bloggers getting around one particular thing. And in this case, it's uh, motivating people who are just sitting on the fence and haven't actually uh, broken their woodworking teeth, if you will. Who haven't, <laughs> but, um, who haven't gotten woodworking. Yeah, so got none. Yeah, exactly. So this is just kind of like everybody focusing on topics that uh, hopefully would motivate people to get into the shops and actually just try and uh, try and cut some boards, try and make something. You know, I have to say I'm completely I I think it it was a great thing. And it's something I think is going to continue. And I have a feeling that it did inspire a number of people who maybe were sitting on the fence. But what I am more amazed about is the fact that this idea survived the beer frenzy of woodworking in America when it was originally introduced because <laughs> it was like one of those it's it's we're about to be kicked out of this bar it's now almost two o'clock and Tom is sitting over in the corner going you know what we got to do we need a week and we'll call it get woodworking week <laughs> and amazingly everybody remembered to do it that's I, I that blows my mind that's fantastic yeah uh, it was actually really cool and I'm looking forward to doing it every week I think it's uh it's definitely a great idea uh, okay, so we had a couple other things we wanted to talk about. One is an amazing video, amazing piece of video oh. from newwoodworker.com. And this, uh, this made the, the rounds earlier this week or last week, I think. Uh, so if you haven't seen this, you got to go see it. It's at newwoodworker.com slash, I think this is the, the direct URL, slash basic slash kickback2012.html. Mm-hmm. And it, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, don't bother reading it. It's boring. But go to the bottom of the page. <laughs> Just get to the good stuff. I mean, reading about a kickback is, <sighs> yeah, but actually <laughs> seeing one is very exciting. So scroll down to the bottom of the page. There's a video down there and watch it. And you'll see that the the host was really intentionally creating a kickback, but even someone with his level of experience. And he's been, I mean, I used to sit at work when I worked in a lab uh, way back when, and I used to read newwoodworker.com. This dude's been at it for a while. Um, even with his level of experience, I think it's pretty obvious he underestimated how oh, yes. like <laughs> dangerous and out of control a kickback can get as he's trying to do it in a quote-unquote controlled fashion. Let me just tell you, and he even calls himself an, a moron or an idiot or something, one of those uh, words. <laughs> Both, actually, I think we're throwing in there. Yeah, but he's using a push block to push it through and intentionally veers it off into the back of the blade toward the end of the cut. Of course, this piece of wood becomes a, a missile, a projectile, and it not only did it kick back, and he was standing out of the way, fortunately, what he didn't expect was that it would draw his hand into the blade. Uh, even though in his mind he pulled his hand away immediately Uh, when he looked at the replay he was you know practically crapped his pants at the realization (laughs) that he almost lost a digit on that one i'm just getting i'm getting the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it again (laughs) i just oh it was it it really is an eye-opener i have to do i have to say one of my favorite parts is when he is talking about the the after effects and you can see him looking for the piece of wood after it had gotten (laughs) shot away and just like that realization like oh here's the block where's the and you can see suddenly that he's shaken he is absolutely shaken because yeah. there's that momentary realization like this is not go how i thought it was gonna go uh-uh. no absolutely not and it it really strikes fear <laughs> into you to see this um so if anything it's you know i think we all should by now know that uh, number one you should be using a, a splitter or a riving knife in your table saw number two even if you know what you're doing it's probably not a great idea to try and demonstrate a kickback. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, this, this, this entire video just really makes me 
cringe just watching it. It's just awful. Makes you glad yeah. you don't have a table saw, doesn't it? Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, your version so the of the person would be here like a... who should be demonstrating this is me. Yes, with a cardboard <laughs> table saw. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, your version is that the wood will pinch it and then you pick up the blade and you flick it. Right. <laughs> and then we go flying. But yeah, yeah. It, it definitely, it was funny because I, I was watching it late last night. So I was thinking, oh, I want to see this before we talk about it today. And uh, when it happened, it hit, it, it struck me so fast. I mean, just I was not ready for it when it it happened uh i screamed and i think my wife thought there's like somebody broke in the house I'm like, oh my god <laughs> well, that ed flanders yeah. scream that like high-pitched ned flanders scream that's what <laughs> yes yes it, yeah well it that part much- where his hand like was pulled that freaked me out man where he right? pulled his hand towards the blade i'm like did he mean to do that <laughs> like, yeah in slow motion it looks deliberate but in his in his head he pulled away yeah. i mean sorry I just watched that part. <laughs> right. It's like an inch away from the blade. So, um, so Tom goes so far as to take a freeze frame of that very exact <laughs> moment. And it looks like one of the, I mean, we, we definitely, it will mark and I, not so much you anymore, Shannon, we'll get that comment from the person. It's always like the, the, uh, I don't know if it's the angle of the camera, but your hand is awful close to the blade. <laughs> it's like, it's the angle of the camera, buddy. But yeah. this one is definitely, I mean, it's like one of those, like poking a sleeping giant kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? Uh, Tom Hintz is the guy who, who runs the website. Like I said, experienced woodworker, even then almost lost a digit just by trying to make a, uh, you know, trying to make an example. So uh, thanks for doing that, Tom. Sorry. It didn't go, you know, directly as planned, but frankly, I think we're all better for it because we mm-hmm. now get to see just how I- I- incredibly dangerous <laughs> it yes. can be. And now imagine when it happens uh, just because you're not expecting it. He was expecting it. And right. imagine if it just happens because you're not using a splitter, um, you could just see why, oh, well, I was using a, a push block and I should have been protected. No, no, no. You just have no idea what, what the physics of that situation can do to, you, to your fingers. Exactly. Can you imagine yeah. trying to explain to your wife how you lost your finger because you were doing a video of how not to do something? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. yeah i had to explain to my wife a certain portion when i was trying to like do it the right way so that'll be coming up in safety <laughs> week 2012 there you go <laughs> oh and you know actually be, be, sorry i don't want to beat this to death but since i'm you know watching this again the thing that i just remembered do you guys remember he shows the little push block at the end and even the push block is messed up yeah yes which you know a push block is like a safety thing but when you look at how much of the push block is messed up you can actually see just how close his fingers got to getting, I mean, like it's the handle itself with the push block has been bit into Yep. the yep. part that you're supposed to put your hand on. Yep. So right. yeah, it might make you think twice about using a push block at a table saw. Yep. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, yeah. well, exactly. and it should be noted that if you do have a splitter or a riving knife in place that this whole situation changes, you know, it's not yeah. 100%, but it's a heck of a lot better. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, just like with anything, it's a matter of minimizing, minimize, Absolutely. minimize, minimize. Keep your hands as far away as possible. Control the workpiece and put that stupid splitter in this uh, in its place because ugh, it's just scary stuff. Yep. Um, Assuming okay. we're not all mandated to have saw stops, Ooh, and I'm going to walk away from that. Uh, well, actually, now that you mention that, we should mention that saw stop would not have necessarily, um, you know, prevented that kickback. Kickback was only half of the injury. Or I'm sorry, uh, the the blade cutting his finger would have been half of the injury. The other half, if he wasn't expecting this, would have been that thing rocketing into his stomach. You know, at the, how many the internal bleeding and the impalement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, saw stop is only going to get you half of the way there. 
Yep. Um, okay, moving on to something else that I thought was was pretty cool is Highland Woodworking's show. I didn't, I never heard anything about this until it was released, so that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Um, they have a new web-based TV-style uh, woodworking show. It's called The Highland Woodworker. Uh, it's at thehighlandwoodworker.com. Basically, it's going to be a quarterly presentation, and it's... I thought it was really good. It was like, yeah, it was four. I mean, it was 40 minutes long, very well produced, but I would say what, maybe 10 minutes of that 40 minutes is uh commercial. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's the pretty blatant, you know, uh, well, they have to take care of their sponsors of course. and they have that in there, but I mean, that's the perfect time to get up and like, go get a drink. <laughs> so you come back. It's, you know, I, I gotta say though, before I forget this part, what is up with the Rikon commercial in the middle? <laughs> Uh, you How mean the, the, big the is Rikon? I mean, can't they afford something better than that? Dude, I mean, the, come it was on. it wasn't a commercial. It was a visual display of their catalog with <laughs> bad music. With it was bad music, terrible. It's like I mean, they put up the, the the crazy product numbers that no one really gives a crap about with the price. Yeah, I mean, seriously. it literally was like flipping through a catalog. It makes you think that they that. said, <laughs> they said, hey, Rikon, we're going to put you in a, a spot. Go ahead. You make the the thing and then we'll just put it in there if that's yeah. what you want to do. And yeah, Rikon's they basically like, yes. they they fired up PowerPoint and put like a you know <laughs> goofy slideshow music behind it. And dude, it's just like, come on. I'm pretty sure. And I, I wrote it down, but I don't remember where it is. I think it was at least a two minute commercial. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it is heavily laden with ads. And, of course, this is a production that's by a woodworking store. So you're going to see a lot of self-referential sort of advertising and plugs. But if you, you know, the fact is it's still a great woodworking show. So you kind of take, you know, advertising. with say, That's okay. I shop with them anyway. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. Highland Woodworking is great. Anybody who's been there, it's an absolute, uh, you know, woodworkers sort of dream store. Um, right. So yeah, great, great video. They had a Roy Underhill, great interview that was not, not necessarily what you might expect. It was more behind the scenes, the man behind the show, and um, probably the most interesting Seriously. thing I've heard on uh, on Roy Underhill. You know, and, and the dude wades into a flood and grabs multi-ton trees that <laughs> right? float at him. What is up with that? He's a real man. That's that's yeah. what he is. He could yeah. eat Chuck Norris for breakfast. That's all I can say. You know that what, dude? He kind he kind of is the Chuck Norris of the woodworking world, isn't he? <laughs> Pretty much. I think that's yeah. that's an insult to Roy to refer to him, to compare him to Chuck Norris. Yeah, it's he's just, good God. I mean, like talk about you know the guy simulating kickback. Here's the person who voluntarily wades into a flood. <laughs> Goes, that's a nice log over there. I'm gonna go get that one for next yeah. season. That I that just blew me away. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, I think if uh, I think if Roy did have some sort of a kickback event, I'm pretty sure he'd be able to catch it in time. So <laughs> with his bare hands. Uh, but yeah, great interview. Um, I really thought the the they went to. What was that router bit company? Whiteside. Uh, the Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. that w- that was a pretty neat uh, look at there because I mean it, it's one of those when we think of router bits, you know how, how they put like the carbide tip on there mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was I always that was a pretty neat like trip. That. You know, yeah. like the whole unwrapped thing where they go to the candy factory and you get to watch them. <laughs> yeah. It was um, it was like how it's made. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really really good. Uh, there was a couple of um, well, it was the Bert the Wood Expert. Uh, talked about um, walnut, which is actually, I thought, you know, a session about one particular wood species could go very, very wrong um, and just be very boring. <laughs> but I actually thought it was really, really good. It was very informative. A lot of information on the specifics of walnut, growing walnut and drying walnut and what to look for when buying it. Um, what do you think of Charles Brock as a host? 
Uh, I love Charles. He's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's 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 the total Southern gentleman, and he's got that like whole like you know, hey, you want to be with him, kind of a kind of hang out with him a little bit. Totally, well, it's I, the same thing that makes his chair videos so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's 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 Chuck's kind of way of of presenting. Uh, he's such a great guy. It just seems gen- yeah. genuinely nice. You know. Yeah. yeah. He's the kind Although, of guy that, unlike me, could tell a story. And meanwhile, an hour later, you're like, oh, my God, I still haven't learned anything. But I love your story. I do it. People are like, dude, it's been 30 seconds. Let's move on. Did, did you see his face when Roy was talking about wading into the flood? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just like, uh, you're joking, right? Right. <laughs> Definitely good. I mean, it's this was actually I, I mean, I, I would say this is surprising that it was. All right, I don't want to insult other shows, but this this was better than what's on TV. Oh yeah, I, you know, and, and unfortunately, it, you know, and a funny funny thing about it is it's not project based. You know, there's really hardly anything in terms of projects there. Uh, but it, this is the kind of show that I would love to see on a cable network. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the, the the way it was edited, the way they they brought everything together, it's the type of thing that um you, you can do project videos, but I, I think something like this just brings everything else together so other things make more sense you know if you because typically when i'm watching a show uh I, I like the idea of watching like a video a build or something like that but i know i'm not going to get everything you know to to actually do it myself i'm not going to do a build along video i'm not going to watch that on whatever channel sure but with with this it just it, it gave me what i feel has been lacking you know and, and seeing those behind the scene things like you said shannon you know it's like getting to watch the candy being made and everything else and it's like yeah. that was really cool well, even just imagine what they can do with this, uh, going into other yeah. woodworker shops who specialize in certain mm-hmm. things and, and spend a few days with them and just get some great footage of very niche woodworking that we don't normally see. I mean, there's. Well, and I think that's what's most exciting is when you've got a brand like Highland Woodworking, you know, they can kind of get into places that Shannon Rogers and Matt Vandalus, I mean, Mark Spagnola probably can, but the rest of us. Yeah, I went that far. That guy's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be able to show up, I mean, Highland Woodworking. They sell Whiteside router bits, a lot of them. So yeah. when they, and and I'm sure that if I called up Whiteside and said, "Hey, I want to come down to the factory," they probably would let me come in. But you know, I can't just pick up and drive down there. You know, so there was an right. element of, you guys remember wood treks? Yes. Yeah, I yep. was just thinking that. <laughs> you know, where he traveled around to the different places. Not only was it high quality video, but it was cool. You know, that's something that, like, if I were ever to start one of those like Kickstarter campaigns to get like venture capital, it'd be that. You know, to be able to travel around and visit shops and things like that. Totally. But I'd have to like quit my job. My wife would probably divorce me and the dog would never talk to me again. But, you know, you'd have your funding. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But that that's what's exciting is I think Hollywood Woodworking has the resources to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, to be able to travel to different shops and manufacturing plants. And because they are Highland Woodworking, they've got a little bit more pull sure, yeah. with, yeah. you know, to be able to get the president of Whiteside Router Bits to give you a personal tour and everything. Yeah, And they've got um, 10 sponsors. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So that's yeah, exciting. You know, I mean, that I'd, I'd love to see more companies follow their lead, you know, the, and, and doesn't is kind of, you know, cause there's been a lot of that whole, you know, television woodworking and internet woodworking sort of as on opposite sides, but isn't this really where this niche programming is, is headed anyway in most areas? It just seems only, so. I'm actually surprised it took this long. For, I was going to say headed. Know, it's been there. Yeah. For a <laughs> professional outfit to come into this and say, now this is a woodworking show. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I really, there's a part of me that's like, wait, this is only quarterly. Could we at least somehow push it up to monthly or, yeah. but I think if we did monthly, I don't think they'd be able to go into the depth that they do, but still it's, I, I'm definitely, I'm already looking forward to the next uh, episode. I mean, it, it really, it, I, I think mean, it was production great. quality was outstanding. Top so notch, I mean, yeah. there's something to be really said about, I'm, I'm fine if it's quarterly, as long as they continue to do it that way. Totally. Yep. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but if you look very closely when he's doing a little segment on workbenches, there's two shots where um, he's near the vice and there, you can actually see my scribbly signature on the workbench <laughs> from when I taught a class at Highland. Um, and of course I'm sitting here going, Nicole, come here, look, you know, <laughs> pausing it. I'm like, I think, I think, cause you can barely make it out, but it says the wood whisper and then my signature underneath it. So I, uh, That's de- so I de- funny. deface their workbench. <laughs> I actually did stop and I was trying to see if I could read the names. Cause it was that part of me like, I bet you, I know somebody that's on there <laughs> when you said that. I'm like, Oh damn it. I knew it. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, so, you know, yeah. the, the last part of that though was, uh, um, Chuck Brock's, uh, finishing, thing uh-huh. uh, oh, his yeah. new three-part thing i was actually kind of excited to see that um, if you guys remember i i interviewed chuck um before woodworking in america and he talked to me i can't remember if this was in the published recording or not but we talked about this finish that he's been formulating and um i'm glad to see that it's out now and i'm actually kind of excited to give it a shot yep. um I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's basically three different kinds of wax, but it. I know he spent a lot of time talking with the folks at the Maloof factory and what Sam did for his rocking chairs. Yeah, trying to come up with something that would get a similar kind of depth and luster that we saw in Sam Maloof's chairs. And I know, um, and his um, uh, Chuck's standards are obviously very very high for his products now. So I'm kind of interested to try that out. So, you know, if nothing else, Highland Woodworking succeeded and I will probably buy some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that, I wonder if in the next quarter, if they're going to use the footage from when somebody grabbed my butt at Woodworking in America, if they want to borrow <laughs> that for the for the episode, maybe. Uh, Matt's Christmas Goose. I remember that one. Yeah. That was really good. So. Steve Taylor, wasn't that? Yeah. Yes. That's right. I was more amazed that I didn't suddenly jerk the camera and like have it fly across the room when it happened. But anyways, that's a whole other episode. All right. Well, check it out. It's at thehighlandwoodworker.com. Let us know what you think about it. We think it's great and can't yeah. wait till the next one comes out. I just wish it was a little sooner than next quarter. Yeah. Yes, so exactly. other manufacturers, other retailers, pay attention, folks. Word up. All right, Definitely. so uh, we have one quick announcement. The 20th annual Hawaii Wood Show 2012. We mentioned this last year when it happened, and they uh, emailed me and said, hey, can you mention it on the show? Uh, it's at the Academy Art Center in um, Honolulu, and you can go to, what is the website? What is the website? It's, uh, oh, the no, website? no, that's, that's the email. Okay, um, uh, just look up annual Hawaii Wood Show. <laughs> just, just Google, Google annual it. Hawaii Wood Show. Yeah, you'll find it. And it's uh, April... April 1st through the 15th in 2012. Um, so it should be a good one. And if you went there last year, I don't know Hawaii in April. <laughs> I, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much sunshine. It's, it, just, it's just, yeah, it's a problem it's, when things are just too nice. It's uh, who wants that? Yeah. Uh, Victoria so, yeah. street is a bad area of Honolulu too, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Yeah, it's a really bad area. Uh, I wouldn't know. Uh, Okay, so anyway, yeah, it's the annual Hawaii Wood Show 2012. You definitely want to check it out April 1st through the 15th and Google it if you want more information. Oh, here it is. Uh, Woodshow.hawaiiforest.org. 
There you go. And there you go. That's Thank the you, website. Hey, just Google annual Hawaii wood show. Yeah, it's too much to remember. <laughs> Who remembers right at the bottom actual... of the show notes just in case you want to look or if for you're it. feeling crazy, go to bank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we actually do have a Tom's tip here. I'm going to spring it on you. I didn't even tell you guys about it, but here it is. Oh, Our buddy Tom Iavino has got a good one for us. Tom's tips. That's right. I said Tom's tips. I didn't say Tom's lips. I said Tom's tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. So you have that saw cut lined up very close, but you need to scoot the piece over a gnat's whisker to make the cut perfect. What you may need is a handy shim, something thin, easy to find, and a consistent thickness if you need to use a few of them. Let me deal you in on a little secret. Playing cards make awesome shims in the shop. As an added bonus, you get to spend some quality time playing card games while glue dries. You have any twos? Go fish! Are you looking for a good time that involves woodworking? Hey, who isn't? You can connect with woodworkers from around the corner or around the world at the Wood Talk Online community. Just visit woodtalkonline.com and let the fun begin. Very nice. Once again, Tom Iavino nice. advocating I, playing games in the shop. What I don't <laughs> understand, if you need to move it over a Nat's whisker, why not just use a Nat's whisker? Seriously. I Come mean, on, there's, Tom. There, are, they, are they really going to miss that one Nat? And, or is Seriously. he going to miss his whisker? I don't, after all the, complicating the, things. All the sharpening I was doing, there's a lot of whiskers laying around in my shop, but none of them are Nats. They're all Nats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how does a Nat's whisker compare to a Matt's whisker? <laughs> They're much Substantially finer. finer. And, and not so gray anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's not talk about gray hair. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> what a problem. And that, that tip was definitely not a sham. Oh, oh my God. Uh, wah, stop wah. Me. We need a gong for this guy. Seriously. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, I think that's about all we have. Do you guys have any last parting words? I, I'm, I'm all out of words right now. Mahalo. Mahalo. Uh, any, any, anything else? Did I miss anything? We're, we're done, right? Yeah, don't no, looking yeah. at the list. I think we hit everything. Um, yep, nope, got that one. Yep, got mm-hmm, nope. Mm-hmm, yep, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're set there. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Uh, All thanks, right. We'll uh, see you guys in 2013. <laughs> Woo! This is yeah, 2012 show. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll, it won't take us that long to do another show. But you know what? There's a kid. There's diapers to change. It's, it keeps me busy. Yep. And then Mark's got some busy stuff going on too. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, who's wearing a diapers? Is it Matt or Shannon? Lately, it feels like it should be me after watching that video <laughs> last night. But uh, anyways. Oh, man. Well, thanks, chat room, for hanging out with us. A very early recording for us here, but we appreciate you sticking around, and we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. We'll see you all later. Bye. Toodaloo. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.